Welcome, Mistorians. Host Austin Heave She and host Brenda She Her have been waiting for you. Come along for Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Welcome back to episode 46. <laughs> you, you might be thinking, welcome back? Didn't I just hit the episode? No, you've been listening for like 40 minutes. You've been binging this, haven't you? You just never <laughs> left us since last week. <laughs> I want to start every episode with welcome back and make people just for a moment go, wait. Wait a second. <laughs> Didn't I just start this one? Welcome. What was the first half of the episode? It says Hello, it just started. Mis- <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Mistorians. It's time for us to return to Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries, starring host Austin and host Brenda. Because <laughs> <laughs> that'd be me. Like, I'd be listening to a podcast, but like, welcome back. And I'd be like, well, wait. And then I pull my car over and I hit pause. It says four minutes of runtime. Welcome. Wait. <laughs> Did I, did something, wait, I like checked their Twitter, did they post about the audio being corrupted? Wait, what did I miss? (laughs) And if you're paying attention in the first half, we taught you all how to become a millionaire. (laughs) Well, hopefully, my millionaire scratch card is upstairs because my mom bought me, got me one, and she just got home, so there's maybe a million dollars waiting for me upstairs. I've thought about that before. Like, because my dad would play the lotto a lot when he was mm-hmm. alive. And I've thought about, like, what do you actually, like, what is someone's response if they actually win one of those, right? Because, like, I'm, in theory, there's statistically, like, two out there that actually win big money. Like, how do, what do you even do? Yeah, I would just, um, die, maybe. I would just, <laughs> I would just cease to be, and I would just be like, I don't know what to do with this million. Like, what do I do first? I, what do I, I feel, prioritize? I think I'd have, like, a, a little mental break. Like, I would just, like, yeah. I'd be, like, on the floor in the kitchen. I don't know. I'm in the kitchen where I scratched it. Like, just on the ground. Like, are you okay? No. <laughs> I might just have, like, that reaction where they're just, like, everything kind of shuts down. And there's no reaction. And, like, mom will be like, what? Did you win anything? Oh, yeah. Yeah. M- yeah. Million dollars. Yeah. No big. Uh, uh, no big. <laughs> And then where do you take it? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, you're supposed to take it where you bought it, but I don't, like, I bought this at, like, a party store. I don't know oh, if that's, th- that so doesn't seem real. If it's over, <laughs> I buy scratchers a lot. Um, if it's over a certain amount of money, you have to take it to, like, the lottery office mm, to get the money. Cause, that makes like, sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what the threshold is, but I think it's, like, you know, over a certain amount, you have to go take it somewhere, which is honestly safer because <laughs> you don't yeah. want to be in a party store being like i have a million dollars i'm a millionaire like, oh, wow <laughs> you know like i had to take like a 50 dollars scratcher back and be like 50 dollars wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would but, yeah that makes me feel better also i, I believe i'm told like if you ever won one of those pay 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 it up front 
the like mm-hmm. taxes. Oh yeah, yeah. You you set the tax, so you just get the tax out of there because like you don't want to spend a million dollars and then have to do tax on a million dollars. Like yeah. you're not gonna get the whole million. That's just no. you know taxes. So you're gonna like that's gonna get like chopped down for. Go talk to your tax person if you have a tax yeah. person and make sure that it's pulled out in advance. A- appropriately. <laughs> yeah. And then prioritize, like, what you're going to do. So, like, you know, debt should be first. You get one. I've thought about this a lot. You get one cool thing and, like, maybe you pay off your mortgage or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like- I, I'm, like, one cool thing, no more student loans. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much is left after that because of taxes. Yeah. Um, with my student loans... No, my student loans wouldn't quite, quite take out the whole what's went, left after. I, I went to grad school, everybody. You did. <laughs> I just went to art school, so it's You're it's probably not... thinking, Austin, you'll have a lot left. I went to graduate school. <laughs> <laughs> I just simply don't think about it. <laughs> That's what you gotta do. It's like, I bet, like, I'll be like, I'm almost paid off all of my debt outside my student loans. <laughs> So, like, but I keep saying, like, oh, I'm almost debt-free because the student loan money is just so high. I can't even think about it. I just have to pay a couple hundred dollars a month Forever. for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's just the, listen, the cost of living now. Listen, listen, student loans. I'm letting you know one of us is not going to make it to where it matters, and I think it's you. Yeah. I frankly, at this point, before I was like, I mean, I'll die before it matters. At this point, I think I think that system might collapse before you guys really get mad at me. So, honestly, like you know, eventually someone, someone somewhere will maybe absolve some of it. Yeah, but ten thousand is not enough, guys. Like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> fifty thousand is not enough. Do you know how much it costs to go to school? No, I. How much could it? How much could it cost to see a Star Wars? <laughs> uh yeah I, we there's some news i had some news i didn't know if you had any news i didn't really have any news um star wars day came and went that happened um i watched what star wars did you watch on this day i watched uh rogue one mm-hmm. and the last jedi mm-hmm. i watched a new hope nice and that was it. That's all I got in. My dad was like, oh, well, Bad Batch is good. And I'm like, Bad Batch but is an hour. Bad Batch is another, it's an hour and 20 minutes, Brenda. Yeah, I also have, God. It's that's another a, that's movie. just a movie. It's a movie. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't finished watching Clone War- Wars. So first I have to finish Clone Wars. And then I have to watch Bad Bitch. And <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like, you got to watch Clone Wars first. And I was like, No. I won't. I'm just gonna watch it. <laughs> They're like, yeah. well, the characters are from Clone Wars. I was like, I have Google. Listen, I'll just pause. Who the fuck is... Oh. Oh, that sounds like it would've been cool to watch. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's Very what I much. do. Like, there's there's too, there's too much. Listen, I've been reading comics long enough to know I ain't <laughs> gotta watch all of nothing to know what's going on if it's a good story. Yeah, I think, like, the thing, like, people don't understand about getting into comics is that you're not going to know everything when you start reading, and you are going to have to use Google, yeah. like, to figure it out. Or you're just going to have to be like, I don't understand that reference. Let's Moving on. on. It, that's, and they'll be, like, a little editor note, like, in in Iron Fist and, like, Blade number four, and you're like, I'm not going to go read that. I'll just keep reading. <laughs> yeah, just Thanks. tell me what um nightwing from the new 52 is really bad about that because like 
every like paragraph, like every speech bubble would have like a note like "See Batman," like blah blah blah, and it would be like stuff that like didn't matter, you know, like just very incidental. I bought shit a sandwich. That, like, See Batman yeah. forty two, and you're like, what the? F- I don't care. <laughs> it would be like Bruce and dick met up at the bat cave like oh i could figure that out that that's what they were talking about i don't need to read the whole conversation because the conversation doesn't matter it just matters that they met and i get that they met because of context clues it's like well who else did he go fucking talk to he has like a 1.5 friends pretty much it's like hey dick you need you need some friends you need a big friend circle it's very important buddy. and someone listening might be thinking he has a bunch of friends you're thinking of dick and like animated media where he's a yeah he's like a even up person i'm letting you know no one from the bat family is that well adjusted in the books except batgirl yeah well i feel like maybe jason has friends which is wild yeah like they're like why does jason have god wants to spend time with jason like come on <laughs> um yeah. but speaking of DC and such. So there was, there's, I got some news. Um, Warner Brothers has, is officially committed to hiring a black actor for the next Superman movie, whatever it'll be, and hiring a black director. Um, people seem uneasy about that given the treatment of Ray Fisher and yeah. Warner Brothers essentially saying, we didn't find anything bad in our investigation. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some people seem a little like, uh like it's i don't know so there are some fans that are like superman doesn't have can't be black or whatever and they suck and then there's other people who are like this seems complicated it seems reactionary because there was just that controversy that came out that like when they were casting like superman's great grand grandfather great grandfather for the krypton show right that they didn't consider any black actors for it right uh because you know, quote unquote didn't look like henry cavill or whatever mm-hmm. um it just feels very reactionary to that news coming out like dc or warner brothers being like oh well uh, you know superman can be black now it's fine yeah like, it's a it's a little like and there's some people like, well, why does he have to be Cal L? Because like he's specifically going to be Cal L, not like yeah. someone else taking the mantle. Um, and so people have been talking about that, and it's 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 like we'll see how it goes. It isn't great to say yeah. the least because they don't have a great track record so far working with DC. Yeah. Um, because like, Warner Brothers is a big company. There's a lot of arms. This is specifically like the DC entertainment arm they do not have a great track record working with uh not white people at least in live action their animated stuff seems like everyone's happy but those are two completely different studios yeah honestly dc should just put emphasis on animated (laughs) stuff because it's just always even the bad ones have something good about them Mm -hmm. well most of them our next bit of news is that milestone comics is getting a physical release yes we still don't have a lot of information about that, but yeah. Neat. So <laughs> they're dropping. They dropped as an issue zero back during last, almost a year ago, during the DC fandom or whatever. Oh yeah. Uh to people who went to that, and then the rest of us could get it digitally in February during Black History Month, and now it'll be out physically May twenty sixth. The physical release is not any different than the digital release that 
came out in February. Mm-hmm. So it's like if you want it physically or not. I mean, I do, so I'm going to get it. Um, it comes out May 26th. And then after that, the first milestone book that drops will be Static Shock in June. Mm-hmm. Um, and they will be getting simultaneous digital physical releases. For a while, they were just saying digital. And I don't know if it was fan pressure or just trying to push their digital medium, but they eventually said, like, about a month ago, I found that they will be, like, simultaneous online and in-store. It is still, it's DC's, like, own self-publishing hoopla, self-distribution, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, Which is one still a mess for physical stores, so be nice to your comic book sh- local comic book shop because it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. <laughs> um, then most of them just have to have their own Excel spreadsheets because they don't have a way to track it, to, like, oh set it up. I've never been God. behind the counter. I know you have. But whatever you guys usually do, you can't do that with these books. Oh, my God. Just thinking about that is a nightmare because usually <laughs> when everything is through Diamond, and let me assure you, this process also didn't work. But mm-hmm. when everything was through, like, the one distributor, you would just – um go into this one program and look it up and it's available or it's not available and you add it to the thing and then the thing sends the order in and then it sends you the stuff. Mm -hmm. So it didn't work super well, but it was like, it was kind of functional. It, you know, you could, it it wasn't hard to understand, Mm -hmm. but me who ordered like plushies and like stuff from like 500 distributors, it's hell. It's (laughs) keeping it, keeping track of it is hell. Someone's like, I would like to order a thing. And you're just like, don't know if it's available, but here we go. I'll contact you later. Like, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, um, so be be nice to your local comic book shop and also get it from your local comic book shop. L- listen, I get digital stuff is nice, but get get a few physical copies because I, I like physical books. I like to hold yeah. it with my hands. And if you don't buy it, they'll stop making it to hold it with your hands. Yeah, which is what they apparently really want to do. They really, like, everyone's like, I really want... Listen, economically, environmentally, I get it. It's a lot of paper. Um, I saw someone like, what if they go to print-on-demand? I'm like, the comic books are going to be like $15. Do you know how much print-on-demand costs? Do you have any idea? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, God. And then, like, if you do print-on-demand, you lose the people who are, like, very into getting, like, first print, second print, you know, like, that yeah. sort of thing. You lose that, so then, like at that point, what's the point? It's done. Listen, if you yeah. if you upset speculators, it's the whole thing falls it's apart. Over. Like so much, so much of like what, like what they do depends on them for mostly for worse. But <laughs> they are a part of the ecosystem. They're the wasps of the ecosystem. They do serve an important purpose, but boy, they suck. Do they suck. They just suck. <laughs> and they there's just... a couple like couple speculators that like were very nice and polite and i would you know go out of my way to make sure that they got their stuff but like a lot of them mean rude don't be rude (laughs) it's it's really like come on it's not that hard to be a nice person um yeah in static shock news still uh the static shock live action movie is chugging along if you didn't Mm -hmm. know there's gonna be static shock live action movie everybody um i'm so nervous it has michael b jordan attached as a producer that's good. And they have a writer working on their first draft now, Randy McKint... Whoa. Randy... Man- Mandy. Randy McKeon 
It's like K-I-O-N-N-O-N. And I was going to say like McKinnon out of just like muscle memory of like that being a common last name around here. And that's not their yeah. name. And then it's I was McKinnon? like, no, if it uh, might be oh. pronounced McKinnon, it's not spelled McKinnon. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. At least I've never seen McKinnon spelled like that. Anyway, uh, Randy, our good pal Randy, wrote most recently wrote for the Disney Plus movie Safety which is about a university football star that is the star of the football team at the university and also raising their 11-year-old younger brother. Goodness. So he at least knows how to write family stuff. People, I lo- I've never seen that movie, but reviews said it was good, so. Well, that's good. Like, maybe, like, they, it's interesting them going with, like, a lesser-known, like, writer. Mm-hmm. Like, a new writer. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, like they saw something in that movie that was like very resonant with like static so mm-hmm. we're just gonna have to see at least it's not david goyer yes thank oh thank god, god. thank yeah, god yeah no like, it's and it is also like it's through dc but m- the milestone we talked about milestone before on the show mm-hmm. um but quick touch so milestone is like an imprint but not an imprint of dc that is like under they like Use DC's money, but they're like, if you try and tell us what to do, we will bully you on the internet. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like how Vertigo used to be. Yeah. Like, before they killed it. Exactly. Exactly that. Rest um, in peace. <laughs> uh, anyway, so the the Milestone, like, creators are, like, overseeing the movie. Like, I forget who, but, it like, Milestone has, like, a Kevin Feige, essentially, that they hired to, like, oversee this mm-hmm. movie. So... They're overseeing everything. They seem to be heavily involved. Um, Michael B. Jordan came on as producer early this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't have much. He he was in an interview recently about a bunch of projects he has going on. He didn't have anything more to share besides they have a writer. They're working on the first draft and they're excited of what they've seen so far. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, oh, last bit of news. G4, which is. Oh, yes. Greasing its wheels. You know, to be back delivering content has partnered with Wizards of the Coast to deliver Dungeons and Dragons content and has also, via their Twitter, committed to covering other tabletop RPG content on their platform. Nice. So just keep an eye on that. Yeah. Like, I get why they, like, decided to initially, like, partner with Dungeons and Dragons because that's, like, a very big name. That's the one. (laughs) G4 is still small beans right now. Like. This isn't the G4 of yore. Mm-hmm. Like, it has to reinvent itself for, like, a new market. And, like, mm-hmm. that's going to take a while. So, um, but G4, if you're listening or if anyone who works for you is listening, um, Austin, maybe, oh. would be on one of your shows. So. And that show might also have Brenda on it. <gasps> I would die. I <laughs> G4, please. I will do anything. Not anything. I will I do most do- things. <laughs> G4 Gaming Network. <laughs> G4, please. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. They they haven't said, like, a show or what. They just said they'll be covering that content because gaming has expanded in the cultural collective. And I mean, Tabletop was on before, and so we're, I imagine we'll probably also do, like, board game content. Um, mm-hmm. But it's definitely much bigger now, and for for better or worse that's mostly through D. yeah i can um, see like a really interesting show like that they like have like a whole show that's built around like showcasing like mini rpgs would be really cool mm-hmm. uh, 
that would be really neat. And then I could also see like a spiritual successor to Will Wheaton's tabletop show. Oh, yeah. Um, remember when he used to like play board games and he would. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of Will Wheaton, but he would go through and like explain how the game works like in pretty great detail. So I would mm-hmm. actually watch this so I could pitch games at work oh. because it was so detailed. I didn't have to play them. I could mm-hmm. just hear his spiel and like then watch the group play. Mm-hmm. And I think like. There's like a hole in, I don't know if they, still, I don't think they still do this. I think the whole network collapsed, but like, there's like a, it would be like a good thing to have. I, I kind of mm-hmm. miss that. Yeah, it would be really great. I mean, I could see them partnering with people like Dicebreaker. Dicebreaker covers a lot of tabletop content. Um, mm-hmm. And they're pretty popular in the community because they don't cover just like big names. They'll cover, they'll cover smaller projects that like, if you're in the tabletop community, like I am, like, People talk about Mass and Blades in the Dark like they're like big indie games, but like still to some, if I walk into like a Target and say Blades in the Dark, someone's be like, are you going to stab me or? Yeah, you're like, um, I would like the Masks game and they're like, um, the one where you stick the card to your forehead? Like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. So I could see them covering, like, working with Dicebreaker or something that could be a cool partnership, because Dicebreaker's been doing it already, and they have a great team that could just do it, but get paid by G4. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that would be really cool. Those And those two? Those ideas are free G4. The next one will cost Yeah, they're you. free. So. Yeah. Just saying. That's but what when, we have to offer. When we pitch our variety show. <laughs> <laughs> um, Speaking of variety... <gasps> So today's topic, Brenda, covers multiple countries and multiple I and touches on multiple IPs that I was frankly shocked to know they were connected, even by a thread. Today we're talking about a French animated hit show, Cody Loco. Yes! Oh my god! I was up last night, everyone, at 12:30 in the morning on French fandom pages french forums french forums for kodalioko trying to figure stuff out because there's a lot about this show that just like never really got translated to english yeah um so and i've tried to look into this before and this is a hard topic so i'm very excited <laughs> it's not easy because the, no. we'll we'll get into it but there's like one dude from it who is famous still and everyone else attached to the projects kind of like disappeared Oh my god. Um, anyway, Cote Loco is a French animated TV show created by Thomas Romain and Tanina Palumbo. Produced by the Moonscoop Group. And first aired on France 3, September September 3, 2003. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was really funny. Um, and ended in November of 2007. A quick wow. blurb. About Cody Loco, a group of teenagers travel to the virtual world of Lioko to battle against an evil AI known as Xana, who threatens the Earth. Hey, Brenda, did you know that Xana yes. is an acronym that doesn't have an explanation? Uh, what? Like, there? so Xana is an acronym, but it doesn't mean anything. No, I looked into it because sometimes it's written as Xana as, like, one word in all caps, and sometimes it's an acronym written. I looked into episode synopsis. I, like, went to the fan wiki i went onto this forum i almost joined the french forum to ask someone what is it like if it's a french thing maybe that they just didn't put in english because it wouldn't make sense uh, be like uh, um xana meaning s'il vous plaît 
uh, I decided against that because I was like, I'm gonna get an answer and be like, oh wait, I can't fucking read it. Uh, uh, I I found a I I've tried to like read through some of the books. There are books. They're in French, everybody. Um, Zana. As far as if someone else can find out if Xana stands for something, because I'm pretty sure they're just like, it sounds cool. It does sound cool. And that was and that was it, (laughs) which is fine. That's totally fine. Um, It's more that like it's sometimes written as an acronym that really gets like, but what does it mean? I was like (laughs) xenomorphic, artificial, natural, angry guy. Xylophones are like, not <laughs> applicable. I was like, it starts with a Z, and it's a French show, so it's gotta be so, like they must have been thinking of something in French that when they started translating it to English to like the big American market, they're like, oh, but it doesn't translate as Xana. We'll just not tell them what it stands for, you know? We just never have to mention it, and no one will ever know. <laughs> like, I assume it's somewhere, because I know the show has a, like, series Bible that Thomas and Tiana wrote. Uh, mm-hmm. So I assume it's, like, somewhere in the series Bible, and then as the writers started working the show, they're like, yeah, but when they translate this to literally any other language, that falls apart, and they're like, right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> Did they expect it to be translated? Um, so no. They... So, uh, and I'll get back to more starting stuff in a bit, but yeah, Tia, Tia, bleh. Palumbo, I'll just use her last name, Palumbo oh, is off the grid. All I oh. can find out about her is that she worked on some of the books they made. Oh. That's it. She doesn't have, her wiki is pretty old information from, like, essentially she worked on Kodlioko and the pilot, uh. And that's it? Even when I search her name with, like, the books or something, only one of the books comes up. And then I went to this, like, French offer, like, website where you could, like, look up offers, and I pulled it up, and only, like, there was, like, two books, and, like, a science book came up, so I assume that was, like, a mismarking. Um, unless now she does science, I couldn't find anything about her. I couldn't find interviews, old or new. Um... She is very much not public-facing. Thomas Romaine is very public-facing, and that is how I found out the most about her. In an interview, he was in an interview right when Kodoyoko came back and was put up on Netflix. Yeah. Um, And they asked kind of about her, like, you know, it looks like she hasn't done much, and he... Oh, let me... I quoted it. Uh, Where did I put that? That was, like, down further. Um, essentially he talked about, like, it seems like she left animation, um, and that essentially he wasn't sure what happened to her. Um, like, uh, oh, here it is. No, it's not. Where did I put it? (laughs) Sorry, everybody. Wait, this is, I, I had it. I had a thing. I promise. (laughs) Um... Yeah, she's not done any animation work since then. She's no longer public-facing. Um, Thomas Romain said that she had not come out of animation unscathed from burnout or harassment, is all he said. Oh, jeez, that feels bad. Um, he, he he also said in the interview that he hoped she was doing well. So it sounds like they're not, like, close. This was not, like, a yeah. like creator team that stuck together forever. Um, mm-hmm. 
And I'll get back to that in a sec. So Koto Yoko, for people who don't know, besides what I just said, the group of teenagers, virtual world, um, it was very interesting because it was in two styles of animation. The real world, the like cartoon was 2D animation where they were like kids at a boarding school in France. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they went to the Yoko, which was like the virtual world. And that was all 3D CGI computer animation. And the 2D was also computer animated. It was not hand-drawn animation. Oh, um, 2003. Interesting. In, two, in 2003. And it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look like it's, like, computer animation. Because, like, around that time, like, quote-unquote, like, digital animation was, like, Flash mostly mm-hmm. on TV. Mm-hmm. And it didn't look great at that point. Mm-hmm. But they... So that's interesting. I, we, I watched, like, clips. I didn't watch any full episodes. Uh, they move. Like, it doesn't feel... Because, like, a lot of... Like, we're going saying a lot of animation that's computer animated at that time is like stiff and that was the whole that was like the whole debate in the animation community was like you couldn't get like fluid movements you saw the hand draw and computer animation was for like simple stuff but you couldn't like make a hit tv show surprise you can yeah they did it uh and the reason they did those two animation styles was actually an order from moon scoop at the time who was like trying to innovate like that was their thing like if you were produced by moon's group they mm-hmm. like you did the like the dual animation thing to show that like computers could do both oh interesting um i couldn't find other shows that were doing it that's just again from that interview with thomas remain like they they kind of told us we had to do that so we did it uh, it seems seamless like it seems like it was made to utilize that technology. yeah it made i was like i can't imagine it not doing that because it, it did also help when you're a kid to like for, like they go into the virtual world and now the show looks different you know yeah so you can always like if you like pop into an episode of Kolioko, you can see immediately if they're like at the boarding school or if they're in Lyoko. Mm-hmm. like it's instant it's mm-hmm. yeah um it eventually started airing on Cartoon Network it aired every day on Cartoon Network which I didn't remember uh, starting in April 2004. But it makes sense because it had been on in France for a year. Mm-hmm. It was on the Maguzi block, I remember. It like, was. Right after school. You are correct. Ah! That's, that is, it's right there. It was on the Maguzi block and then the <laughs> action, the the other action animation one. Um, And they even sometimes aired episodes back to back if it was a season finale. They just show, like, the whole hour. Jeez. Um, But, so Thomas Remain and... Tiana Palumbo uh, started Kodoyoko as a short film when they were students. They were like 22 and 23. God. The short film was titled Les Infants Font Lior Cinema. The children make their movies. <laughs> uh, it was directed by Thomas and then Palumbo was a producer. And they made it out of the Parisian Visual Arts School, uh, Goblin's School of the Image. Ooh. Goblins, probably that. Go- goblin? I don't know. Gobble. Uh- French is <laughs> one thing y'all listeners need to know about us is that French is um non-existent within our brains. No, forever. not even a little <laughs> yeah. bit. This is uh after they made the short film, they were offered a contract with uh to make the pilot by Auntie Films, which at the which was Moon Scoop before they changed their name. This was in 2001. So in 2001, they made the pilot and they titled it Garage Kids. I couldn't find more about this short film that first showed off these characters, like, at all. Ooh. Other than, like, they made a short film and 
when they screened it at a few different like art screenings around the around like their area in Paris that some a producer from what would become Moonscoop saw it and liked it and gave them money to make a pilot. Oh, interesting. They made their pilot, Garage Kids. Garage Kids was five minutes. And it was um meant to kind of show proof of concept. Uh here is the I was able to find the P, like the flyers for their like pitch. Mm-hmm. Built on the model of a soap opera, which unfolds through the series, Garage Kids offers in each of its 26 episodes of 26 minutes a complete story in which Odd and his friends, Yumi, Oric, and also J- uh, Jeremy wasn't called Jeremy before. It was like, oh. it was uh, Jeremy, like French Jeremy, mm-hmm. uh, a computer wizard, <laughs> to try and end one of the disturbances in the computer network caused by Xanadu's ex- exuberance. While the idea of clandestine nature and hidden identity should seduce the children while feeding their imaginations, Garage Kids rests on the fascination that video games hold for kids today. A confrontation between the real world and Xanadu fully fully vindicates that of the 2D and 3D worlds. Influenced by the poetry and the visual impact of Japanese animation, the series proposes a graphic universe that's particularly original and strong. That was the original pitch, and I'm like, that's a damn good pitch. <laughs> Yeah, wow, God, that pitch is, like, really (laughs) solid. Like, I'm sold. But the one, so they loved a lot of stuff about their original proof of concept. One thing that was, like, out the door right away, it cannot be serialized. It has to be episodic. Because Ah. a lot like TV here, French TV markets are always looking towards syndication and being able to play episodes whenever they want. And so serialized, they're like, it's not going to work. It must be episodic. This is interesting because they don't adhere to that, do they? They they do and don't. They definitely have a monster yeah. of the week vibe. Like, it's always like they start in the world while they're at school. There's a disturbance. They go to the factory, which is um, their like HQ, so to speak, where they find a supercomputer. The, the, so this show starts like these kids... Jeremy is a computer, like, he's computer man. Nerd. Uh, yeah, he's super nerd, super genius. I don't know why he's in, like, normal school with these kids, but he is. <laughs> like, he's like... <laughs> Just thinking about Jeremy in school with, like, fucking odd, and yeah. it's like, huh. <laughs> like, it's so weird, because, like, Jeremy is, like, could be in, like, he could be in college, because he, he figures out, like, this fucking computer virus that can destroy the world that was laid in wait by a scientist like anyway jeremy's just a teen apparently with computer savant skills he finds a supercomputer in an old factory and then sends his friends to a digital world (laughs) this is all fine (laughs) (laughs) don't worry about it he's just like oh well let's see what happens if i send all of you not me i stay here all of you to the digital world goodbye (laughs) Good luck. Hope you don't die. <laughs> but he sends them through with the supercomputer to a digital world where they meet Ailita, who is like helper girl in the digital world. She turns out to be a real girl. <gasps> what? <laughs> I knew that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but she's like helper girl who can like cleanse the towers that Zana, who which is what they eventually call the bad guy. Um who can help cleanse those towers so they push the virus back. Um, and it's kind of a once for all repeat. Like, they start at school, 
They go to the factory. They find a disturbance. There's an action scene. They cleanse it. And then sometimes it ends and sometimes there's like either resolve the school drama or there's like they talk about. And the thing that's overarching is like there's mystery, right? They don't know what Zana is. For a while, they're trying to get Aelita out of the program once they find out that she was a human at some point. Um, Mm -hmm. After that, they're trying to figure out who she was. They eventually find out she's, like, the daughter of the first scientist or whatever. Um, And so there's those overarching mysteries, but it is very, like, Attack of the Week style. Um, Yeah, it's episodic. It's kind of, like, set up, like, how, like, with... other shows like Danny Phantom where it's like that's also very episodic Mm -hmm. but like he learns new abilities that kind of build up slowly Mm -hmm. throughout the show exactly and it's very kind of similar to that they just give you like a little bit of information and like at the end of like each episode of Code Lyoko that builds and builds and builds Mm -hmm. until the the season finale Mm -hmm. and it's pretty much that uh the factory that I was just talking about was actually based on a real place it was based on like a, a car factory Somewhere in France, of a name of a place I can't say. I listened to someone say it on Google last night, and I was like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> now you're going to try. Uh, the school, their school, Cat uh, Car, in English, it's Catic Academy. I'm sure that's not how it's said in French, but that's how the English, like, subteam said it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's also based on a real school in a place in France. Um, Interesting. That's just, those are just fun facts. Uh I've talked a little bit about them. So anyway, the Lyoka Warriors, which is what they call themselves, um, that's like their concept for Digi Destined, um, are Jeremy Belpoy, who's Computer Man, Ailita Schaefer, who's the girl in the computer, uh, Adela Robina. I do not know why his name is his his name is Odd to showcase that he's the funny guy. That is literally what they say. He's the beast boy of the group. Yes. he He's the only one that looks like an anime character. God, he does. I guess. He has the biggest forehead. <laughs> I guess Aelita does too. But Odd is like, like he wears all purple. His hair is like the cone into a spike. And he has a purple, he has like a purple triangle in the middle of his hair. Yeah. Which I'm surprised they allow at this prestigious French boarding school. <laughs> he also has a dog. He does have a dog. he's not supposed to have. The dog's name is Kiwi. That's right. I don't know why I still know that. I saw that. I saw like an episode description. I was like, Odd and Kiwi. And I was like, who the fuck? Like, I don't remember the dog. I was like, who the fuck is Kiwi? Which one of these kids is Kiwi? Uh, <laughs> there's Ulrich Stern, who's the edgy boy. Yumi Ishiyama, who, the girl of the group. Girl. Uh, and then originally the only girl. Originally the only girl. It's fine. Because Alita like comes out and is in love with Computer Man. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, the la- the last member of the group that gets added later on in the series is William Dubbar, who's the new edgy boy. Fucking William. <laughs> he like gets introduced like after he like finds out about Lyoko, and then for a long time they won't let him come. They let him come, and like his second mission, he gets corrupted by Xana. I'm like, well, yeah, maybe then- they were fucking right, man. You just got here. What are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, it's like they've been going in and out of Lyoko for like 50 million years and William, you come into Lyoko and it just immediately you're a bad boy now. Yeah, he like he's like, hey guys, I'm here to help. And like Xana shoots him with like the evilification ring. He's like, sorry guys, I'm Tommy Oliver now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking evil. And then he's like, he's still like in like the real world. And like, so it's like weird because the kids have to be like, oh, William, you're bad now. And he's just like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> 
Let's go to class. <laughs> let's do, let's study for our paper. It's like fucking X Men Evolution. It's like fucking X Men Evolution. Yeah, really. They're like, "Hey, Avalanche, you tried to kill me last night, but we're science partners. So let's get this homework done, bro." And he's like, "Yeah, sounds <laughs> yeah, good." We're Summers. gonna get an A. <laughs> Like I, I love. I rewatched X Men Evolution recently. This is such a tangent, and I really loved the whole "Will they, won't they?" of Avalanche and Shadowcat. And I'm like, girl, he tried to kill you yesterday. <laughs> but, like <laughs> fucking last night, he's like, I'm gonna drop a school on your friends. Make sure you get out of here, Kitty. And she's like, Lance, don't. I'm like, Lance, what are you talk? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> then the next day, he's just like, Kitty, will you go to the dance with me? N- no. <laughs> No. <laughs> what are you talking about? Get out of here. Get out. Just don't talk to me. <laughs> it's so wild because they, t- they treat they, the whole thing's like they're like bullies. They'll be like, get out of here, Pietro. And he's like, yeah, watch yourself, Summers. I'm like, you tried to kill each other last night. <laughs> Not even 24 hours ago, you shot him with a laser beam through a wall. <laughs> What are, what are we doing here? <laughs> it's so good. I also like that they make, that Scott's beams sometimes blow holes through walls and sometimes just like hit people in the chest, but they're okay. And I'm like, hey guys. Yeah, it's like, he can't control it, but he can control it so he doesn't kill people. Like, <laughs> you just imagine they're like, they're storyboarding, right? And they draw the scene where he like shoots like Pietro in the chest with a laser beam and then someone's like, wouldn't he fucking die? And they're like, no. No, it's fine. He's okay. <laughs> no one will notice. Definitely two 30-year-olds in the future won't notice. <laughs> oh, Austin's not 30 yet. <laughs> ha! You old woman. <laughs> I've got a few ye- I got a few months left. What's left? <laughs> Someday you will be just as I am. <laughs> Just as Kota Yoko, however, is about to hit TV and become a hit sensation, Thomas Romaine leaves. <gasps> no. Uh, Thomas Romaine helps put the series, like, he helps put together, like, the series codex, so to speak. He worked on a few episodes, and then he left to work on Oban Star Racers, which leads to his work in Japanese animation, which was what he wanted to do. Um, Interesting. He, that makes sense. It's very. He's always confused when he gets called for Lyoko because he's like, I didn't really work on it. He like, he's like, I don't see myself as part of the team. He's like, I made Garage Kids, and I was super proud of that. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what he wanted to make. He wasn't really always on board with Lyoko, but like, he was like, okay. Um, Thomas Roman has never been paid for Lyoko. Oh, he because he's still on as a creator. He still like sold his part of the show, you know. Um, Because it was his IP. And so he worked on a few episodes and he left the team. But he never saw any of the money from its commercial success or any of the money he was promised for, like, his cut of the contract. Uh, He doesn't hold any ill will towards his fellow creators, but he does have a chip on his shoulder with the people who who ran Moonscoop. Yeah, because they should pay him. Yeah, (laughs) that's how that works. Like, him and Tiana should get paid? Uh, Yeah, the fact that I can't find Tiana, like anywhere and his yeah. comments on harassment i'm like mm. what was going on but you'll be happy to know brenda that moon scoop no longer exists it went under <laughs> in 2013 and filed for bankruptcy get 
fucked. Um, their last show they worked he's never on. Gonna get that money. He's never gonna get that. I don't know he's if like that's like a French court situation. Like his bankruptcy here, right? Like is you show up to the thing and they're like, hey, they owe me like ten thousand dollars, and they kind of make them pay you somehow. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how that works out, but this interview is from 2020, so I'm guessing that's not how it works in France. Oof. Um, they went under. Their last show they worked on was the uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch animated show. Really? It starred Ashley Tisdale. What? Yeah. When? And when did this? Like 2013, 2014. Nani? It was it what? was 3D. It was 3D CGI animated because that was what they were known for. Like they wanted, and it was like. It was like a very big joint effort that show. It was let me let me read you this is this was wild. I wanna oh read God. you like oh where's my there's my own scoop tab. I'm gonna <laughs> read you all of the countries it lists as like being part of this. Oh my god. The Sabrina the Sabrina, Secrets of a Teenage Witch, is an American, Canadian, Irish, French, Indian computer animated TV series. <laughs> this is me. Guys, that's too many people. <laughs> yeah. Wh- <laughs> what? Oh my god. Anyway, Ashley Tisdale was Sabrina. Well, that feels fitting. It had one season a- for 26 episodes and was canceled because Moonscoop had no more money. No more money. And I... Did it air here? Uh, I aired on the Hub Network. Hub Network oh. was part of Discovery Family? It was the Hasbro Network, I think. At the time, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so it had like My Little Pony mm-hmm. and Transformers mm-hmm. and uh, Animaniacs for a while. Yeah, <laughs> Batman Beyond. There was like I only know this because there was like one like winter break where I just sat in the basement and watched <laughs> hub, like Batman Beyond on the Hub Network for a long time. Um, did you know this is uh, this is how deep I went, everyone on multiple because I wasn't sure what I was gonna do. I almost did Moon Scoop. So I did. Did you know that the the animated show before this Sabrina was one also a French American animated TV show and also got canceled? Oh, it did not finish. It was one? canceled. The C- Sabrina Secret Life, oh. the like uh, one that we would have that was coming out when we were growing up in like two thousand three. Oh, okay, yes. I don't know. I tried to figure out why France loves Sabrina so much. I couldn't find out, but they make a lot of Sabrina stuff. I wonder if it was just really big over there. Yeah, like, I don't... Maybe the Archie comics just sold really well? Yeah, I feel like they would, maybe. Um, That's interesting. Moonscoop's other notable thing they made, there's a Cody Lyoko live-action sequel, which, don't know if you... <laughs> I watched some of it. That was what I was watching this morning. It's not bad, because when they go to Lyoko, they still do the CGI animation, so it's even more dynamic. Do they look the same? In the in this computer world, yes. The actors, know. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine Odd as a real person. For some, just feels hey, for some reason, odd. odd in the show is like a boy, and everyone else is like a teenager. Oh, what? All right, I got it. Uh, Cold Leo. It's Cold Leoko Evolution. Let's see. Just... He's the boy. <laughs> You'll know him when you see him. When you he see when you see boy. Um. Oh my god, he's like five. Yeah, I don't know why. He's not five. He, like, I don't know if it's like that actor's an actual teenager and the rest are like older teens, you know? Like, they yeah, all, like they are. They all look kind of young, but he looks like a child. Okay, so I f- see Jeremy. Mm-hmm. That's, and then Alita and Yumi. Mm-hmm. And, but then there's two boys. Then there's the two broody ones. <laughs> and I'm like, which one's William? Which one's Ulrich? I think, 
I can't tell. I feel like what they must have <laughs> run into for casting is like, because you, when you cast for live action from animated, you like strip down to like the personality you want. And then they mm-hmm, must have realized yeah. that they were the exact same character and they're like, huh, hmm, hmm. huh. <laughs> wow. They look the same. Okay, I've got a chart chart that shows them all. <laughs> Jeremy looks like he's fucking 20. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm a 14-year-old boy. I don't know how it's meant to be like a, f- a little bit after the animated series. I don't know how they're, they're meant to be in that. Yeah, I thought that they were all the same age. I'm pretty sure in the animated show they are. Yeah. Like that's in the same makes... grade. And in that, I'm like, is Odd meant to be younger? Because you cast a boy. That's a baby. You cast a baby. You ca- like, <laughs> they're... You can... God, I'm just looking. That is not the same. Um, Kodoyoko Evolution, everyone, is a live-action sequel to the original animated series. It only came out in French. They made no plans to dub it. It started showing up on the Kodoyoko YouTube page with English subs in, like, 2019, which is well after oh. Moon Scoop went under. Um, someone can only assume it was, like, whoever the rights holder was just started to upload it. Because there's also, you can watch most of the animated series on YouTube for free as well. Interesting. Um, I remember hearing like that the show wasn't great, and I can't remember why. <laughs> it's I. It probably definitely feels dated for sure. Yeah, I'm looking at like the shots of like the like the live action segments, and everything has that like that filter on mm-hmm. it. You know the filter, <laughs> that filter. Um, but the thing that I found through all of this is Kodoi Loco fans are still out there and still very, very committed to the series. I love that. Um, the live action season, their season ended on the cliffhanger and it'll never get finished Oof. because Moonscript went under. Oof. Um, Can someone please buy Kodoyoko's license? Someone owns the license. I was wondering if I can make a Kodoyoko board game and who I'd have to talk to and I found out a company called Ellipse Anime, which is a French company, holds the rights and license to Kodoyoko as a whole, including the books. Oh. Huh. Uh, they are within their rights to continue the live action series or make a new animated reboot that a lot of fans have been calling for. I think it's time. Pete? Also, a Kodoyoko board game would be fucking rad. It'd be really cool, right? Um, right. Hey, Ellipse Anime, you're doing nothing with the license. I can watch the whole series on YouTube for free with no ads. Just let me this do it. A, just <laughs> This is a juicy IP you're just sitting on. Like, if you're not going to do anything with it, just let me um, publish my <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I did. I did pre like this was in like late middle school. Mm-hmm. I did write fan fiction. Oh, my God. Did you have a did you have a self insert? No, I didn't. Oh. I never did that. So I never self-inserted. So I'm gonna ask you right now: If you went to Lyoko, what would you like? How would you? What would your avatar look like? And what would your like weapon or power be? Oh my god! Well, I would still have my. You remember when I had my hair as a bob? Mm-hmm. I feel like I still like physically, like or I guess psychically, have the bob. Mm-hmm. So in Lyoko, I would have the bob mm-hmm. haircut again, mm-hmm. but it would always look perfect and beautiful, unlike it did in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, outfit purple. Mm-hmm. Probably, but I'm not gonna look like odd. <laughs> you don't. You don't wanna be a oh. tiger furry. No, but I would have. Uh, damn, I was like, I'd have kitty ears, but fucking odd has kitty ears. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't look like odd. Oh my god, I would. Oh my god, I would just be odd. <laughs> oh my god. 
I want kitty ears in Lyoko. Do you want to hear about the stuff Thomas Romaine has done since Lyoko? Yeah. So, Thomas Romaine, uh, this is a list of some of his Japanese works he's done. And they, this is including, not limited to, he for Space Dandy, he did the ship design. Oh all the God. spaceships. On Cannon Busters, he was a supervising director. <gasps> he worked on Carol in Tuesday with his company Studio No Border that he started doing the world design. Oh my god. They, the world of Carol and Tuesday was made by him and his company. His company is like a consultation company that will do your character designs or your world building or your starships. Like if you if you need stuff, you know, that's like, we want this to look cool, but we don't have time to like build this part. Will you do it? That's. I feel like that's like the perfect job for him. They do really good work. I couldn't find yeah. other stuff attributed to them. So I don't know if Space Dandy and Cannon Busters were like, through his company or not, Carolyn Tuesday is on Studio No Borders website. If you go to their page and go to um, services, they their that page is like all their stuff from Carolyn Tuesday, which is like the backgrounds, the cityscape, the world building. They they designed um, the apartment that they stay in for that. Um, all that stuff, like you see all the sketches. It's really cool. Um, oh, that's really cool. They also have a tab for original projects, and they have three original projects coming up uh some of them are there's one that's like based on drawings from his kids they're making like a show and a game like a card game oh and then for a different board game they're making an animated show that's cool so that's what he's been up to but do you know what thomas remain has done most recently brenda what he did the skateboard designs on Skate the Infinity. Get out of here! No! <laughs> what the hell? I saw that and I was like, okay, I don't know if I'm doing Moon Scoop or Kota Lyoko or t- just Thomas Remain, but somehow I'm bringing up Skate the Infinity to Brenda to tell her who I'm did the skateboard designs. I'm losing it. <laughs> now you know. Now oh the next God. time you talk to our other Skate the Infinity friends, you can be like, "No, who did the board game? Who did the skateboard designs? This game guy who made fucking odd from totally okay. I'm gonna be like, "Kara, Kara, you won't fucking believe this this shit." And then Kara will be like, "I've never heard of Kolioko," and I'll be like, "No." <laughs> um, Kara, I love you. Thomas Romain cites his inspiration for making Garage Kids and the work that he contributed to Lyoko that stayed are Serial Experiment Lan and Evangelion. Okay, I see it. I can see it. I can see it too. 100%. I can also see why he left the project because I'm like, that is a totally different fucking show you wanted to make than what we got. Yeah, like in like background design and like Alita's design and like I can see it. Yeah. 100%. I get it. But um, yeah, Kolioko is very different. He, he than- cited that Palumbo did, was like, he spoke very highly of her in this interview that I got most of this information okay. from, where he's like, she really, like, she brought the characters to life. She did all of the main cast designs based off of his, like, musings and ideas and his rough sketches. She, like, fleshed them out completely. Um, mm-hmm. He's like, the background work, the school, he was like, that was all, like, she. he was like, she had, like, a brilliant artistic mind to just kind of, like, take these ideas, you know, and, like, make them. Mm-hmm. Um, she stayed on as art director for the entire series, the entire animated series. Oh, so she was involved longer than he yes, was. Yes, much longer. He, and he's always like, wow. he in this room, he's like, I'm confused because I always get calls about Lyoko. He's like, I think it's only because people can find me. But like, really, she's the one people should talk to. Like, she was there the whole time. Yeah, but no one can get a hold of no, her. No, she kind of, which is fine, you know, like if 
if yeah. she doesn't want to be reached for whatever reason, I think that's within her rights, obviously. Um, the thing I've been having a harder time with was like, I can't find a lot about crediting her outside of this interview he did. Like when I looked her up, like essentially like credit she was given. It's like this interview. This interview was in French. Mm-hmm. And so I need to give a shout out to the folks at this forum. Let me go look up its name. It's codelyoko.fr, which is like France. Uh French. They are a very dedicated fandom. They translated this interview into English. They also so Kodoyoko has books. Four mm-hmm. books. It became evident that there are four novels released in Italy. Just Italy. Seemingly by Palumbo. It was oh. later confirmed that the books would never be officially released in English or French. Oh, that's weird. So a group of fans got together to get all the books they could and translate them from from Italian into French english and any other language they could find like a translator for so fans could read the books wow the books are really seen cool. as one part sequel and also one part answering unanswered questions from the series oh so they're like important yeah <laughs> like they're like lore specific books you can find the books on that website i just mentioned for free the fans did all the work for free um wow only when they I got confirmation that. from uh it, the book company was Atlantic, Atlantica Entertainment. Once they got mm-hmm. confirmation from them that they were like, we'll never release them in these languages for you to buy. They were like, okay, we'll just do it then. But we will not make money off yeah. of it. We just want people to read these books. Oh, that's such dedication. I love it. The first book is 20 chapters. Oh my God. Like, oh my God. that's, hey, we talked about translation last week. <laughs> I cannot stress enough that the fact that a bunch of fans got together and translated four books of roughly 20 chapters each, the endless amount of dedication they must have had to this project, because it is not easy. No. <laughs> and they weren't paid. Oh my God. Jeez, that's dedication, truly. Wow. Yeah, so shout out to Koreloko.fr and the whole community there, because that's where I found... A lot of this info, because a lot of it is not kept around. I almost joined the website. The website does have an English side and a French side. Um, So, but it is just bananas how committed the fandom still is. Uh, So, yeah. So, Thomas Romain had a very different idea than what they got. Um, They didn't want... uh, He remembered around his... When he was still on the team. Um... Mm-hmm. They didn't want the softening that TV would brew for programming for kids and teens. Uh, yeah. Scoop is the one who pitched the idea of the kids having like a video game theme in Lyoko. And they were like, that seems fine. Um, but they didn't want the show to feel too lighthearted or fun. And thinking back, like, you feel that as a kid because it's a cartoon. But like, these kids are fighting a virus that's bent on taking over the world that does try to kill them and almost succeeds multiple times. Yeah, the stakes are pretty, like, high. Like, the stake is death. Yeah. Like, it doesn't sugarcoat the fact that, like, you know, like, there's an episode where, like, I think Ulrich and Yumi gets, like, trapped in a room that's, like, the heat is going, mm-hmm, the temperature's mm-hmm. going up, and they are just roasting alive mm-hmm. the whole episode. Yeah. Like, Cause and it's dire. They, I know, I think it's Jeremy Trex, like, their HP, quote-unquote, because mm-hmm. if Zana kills them, it's their body. Like, their body gets transported to, similar to Digimon, where they go to, like, it's their whole body. Like, it's you. It's not, 
Yeah. You're not hacked into the mainframe. You are you you are there. <laughs> you are your avatar for real. Keeps. Like, this is Sword yeah. Art Online, isn't that what that does? I've never watched Sword Art Online. Me neither, so I cannot corroborate. Okay. <laughs> uh. um, but it's not I don't think in like so like dot hack sign, mm-hmm. like I don't think your body goes into the the world. No, it doesn't. This is like you die in the game, you die in real life. And that's like Yeah. And again, Xana wants to is like evil AI out to destroy the world. And I feel like when you think of that, you think of like reboot. And reboot felt yeah. a little bit like funnier. Yeah. Like reboot got serious, but it also like was interspersed with comedy. And I don't think Kodioka really like I guess every so often I will do something funny. But like <laughs> Yeah. But like everyone else is like having like very serious problems. Right. Like um Alita was a girl yeah. trapped in a computer by her dad to try and save her from an evil computer virus. <laughs> like, she, yeah, she's it's like, like that's pretty serious. She's like actually sixty years old or whatever, you know. Like she's been in a computer and lost all her memories and thought and was made to think she was just a computer program to protect her. Like, yeah, and now she's just out in the real world. Like, wow, I don't know what the fuck a cell phone is. Um, there's a one of the <laughs> books apparently is about trying to find her mom. Because oh. it's like unclear, if, it's like the Zuko thing. Like it's unclear if her mom is alive because they know her dad's dead. It's like they find his journals or whatever where Xana kills him, but they don't yeah. know if her mom's alive. And one of the books is like trying yeah. to find her mom. Wow. Um, as I said earlier, Kodoyoko is was a hit success. Um, and on Cartoon Network here in the states, it was the third highest ranked show in 2006 for Cartoon Network for the whole year. Wow. And like, it's not even a Cartoon Network original. No, it's not. I meant to look up what else was out in 2006. Teen Titans. Teen Titans was around. Um, Was Ben 10 out yet? Uh, let, me, let me Google. Foster's Home was out. Oh, yeah. That was a big one. Class 3000 was out. Ben. Justice League Unlimited was... No, it wasn't out. That was later, right? Um, Ben 10 was out 2005. Okay. But... Yeah, so, and again, being third period is, like, a big deal. Uh, Also, in 2010, so this is three years after it's done airing originally, mm-hmm. it was the fourth highest ranked show on on the service Cabillion. Cabillion is a, like, kids on demand free service where some stuff will go after syndication. Mm-hmm. And so right now, some stuff that Cabillion has is... I didn't see Kodoyoko up there anymore, but it has Sonic X. It has a lot mm. of Lego shows. It has Hero 108, which is another Moonscoop game. Moosh, Moonscoop game. Moonscoop show. Uh, yep. It's their other show that they sold to Cartoon Network. Um, so it's it's pretty popular. It also, the show had success being on top 10 lists in its heyday in Spain, Italy, Finland, the UK. This show was like an international success. Wow. Such an international success. In 2006, it won France's Prix d'Export Award for animation, meaning it was the highest best-selling French animated export of the year. Wow. That France gave it an award for making it so much money. Thanks for all the money. Where's Thomas Remains fucking check? Give him his money. <laughs> Give him his check. Imagine, he deserves it. Imagine watching show for this thing that's like Kodoyoko. But you're not invited Kodoyoko, to. Kodoyoko created by you and someone else and you're like where's my money? <laughs> they send my name right there. I didn't get an invite to 
my own show getting an award. <laughs> um. So you're wondering, how can I watch Kodayoko? Well, not on DVD. The DVDs are out of print, and they've been out of print for several years, with no indication they'll ever be back. So you can't uh, oh. you can't own it unless you want to buy digital episodes from Amazon. I don't recommend <laughs> that because Amazon charges like three dollars an episode still. Yeah, and if you get it in like HD, it's like three ninety nine, and if you get it in like SD, it's like one ninety nine. Yeah. And there's like how many episodes? Too many. Too many to do that uh, feasibly. It's it's not worth the money. You can watch it. On, it's back on Netflix. It was off yeah. netflix for a little bit when moon scoop went under um there was like a period where like it was on netflix and i don't think anyone really realized it was on netflix and then it came back in 2020 and people were like i can watch kodoyoko but it had been up there before but it was just like yeah i i did a rewatch when it came out the first oh, time what did you think i liked it like i think it's i think the cgi actually still looks okay oh like, first CGI made in 2003, like, it's still, it's not like sometimes you watch, like, Transformers Beast Wars and you're just like, oh, wow, God, yeah. I nothing's moving. I tried to do that and I was like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, it was like a little bit after that. So I still think, like, especially in the later seasons, the CGI still looks solid mm-hmm. and you can be like, well, this this is, like, made to represent a type of video game that, like, isn't made anymore mm-hmm. because its graphics have advanced. Mm-hmm. So I still think, I think it looks good. Nice. I think it's interesting. I like it. Nice, yeah. Kodo Loco ran for four seasons. Uh, I can't do math on the fly. Season one had 26 episodes. Season two had 26 episodes. Season three had 15 episodes, with two of them being prequel episodes that told the story of mm-hmm. how the game came together. Because like most cartoons, it starts and it's kind of just happening. Yeah, and you're like, is there an episode that like shows me how this happened? Um, and in season three, there are two. The first two episodes of season three are like right are like right before the first episode of season one to the point where like the second episode of season three, it shows you the events right before the first episode of season one that they do reference in the show. So they like the creators and writers, again, that's how, you know, you can tell when a thing has a series like Bible, so to speak, because like they have stuff they reference, even if you don't see it. Yeah. Um, another example that is like Avatar House Airbender that after Legend of Korra came out, there are things that we found out from past avatars from Korra that you can find in the first series that, like, they're like, you didn't see it, but we, like, knew what happened, so our artist put it in the background just to, like, fill in the space. Yeah, to kind of world build. Um, And then season four was the longest with 30 episodes. Ooh. That is so, at least for here in the States, that is so many episodes for a cartoon for a season. That's astounding. That is unheard yeah. of. That is unheard of long. Ooh. Um, yeah, but it was up on Netflix, came down, uh, you can watch all of the English dubbed episodes on YouTube, and then you can also, mm-hmm. in 2019, they upscaled a lot of the episodes to HD on Prime Video and now on Netflix in 2020. Oh, nice. Um, so it's up on Netflix, that's where you can watch it, or on Prime, it's up on both, it's also up on YouTube, it's up in a lot of places, because... Like I said, the company holds the rights. Ellipse Anime does not seem to really care. Like, they're like, they're essentially like, we can get money from Netflix every month for it being there. And that's fine. It's now is the time. Now's the time. Um, When I tried, (laughs) when I tried finding out more about them and stuff, they hold the rights to the biggest thing was Kodalioko. Um, Others. Kodalioko. Other stuff they hold the rights to are... They have rights to Adventures of Ten Ten, one of them. Oh. Uh they worked on some seasons of Doug. 
Uh, they worked on seasons two and four of Doug, and they have they have worked on the Garfield show. Ah, the Garfield. But show. the again, <laughs> again, the French American CGI Garfield show. Yes, I always forget that one is French. <laughs> Whenever I remember, I'm like, wow. Yeah. I always forget Garfield's uh, French. He's not. <laughs> no, I mean the the Garfield show. That's what oh I'm yes, the Garfield. I also always forget. Yeah. Garfield. They also uh, worked on Sonic Underground, the one that uh, has Urkel as Sonic. <laughs> That's not the only show. Well, so Urkel was Sonic in all of the original Sonic cartoons. So, Sad AM, Underground, and Adventures. For some reason, the other ones he doesn't sound like Urkel, but in Sonic Underground, I know it's Urkel. Yeah, I think he just gave up at that point. Like, just nobody, <laughs> nobody cared. Have you seen the intro to Sonic Underground? Uh, not in a recently? very long time. Oh my also, god! Also, also remember, Sonic Underground is canon. Is it? Everything's, Everything's canon. canon. Everything is canon. Oh my god! Okay, um, can I? Let me just see if I can find the opening lyrics to Sonic Underground's. Please, theme. let's see. Sonic. That's the one. That's where they're like, they're like, remember Sonic was going to be in a rock band? Yeah, they were like, oh well, let's do a show about that. People love people it. love Sonic in the rock band. The people have been asking for it. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this bit justice. I believe in you. Okay, so here are the. I'm just gonna read these. These are the lyrics to the Sonic Underground theme song. Mm-hmm. Triplets born, the throne awaits. A seer warns of a deadly fate. <laughs> Give up your children, separate. <laughs> Bide your time, lay in wait. Sonic Underground. Sonic. Sonic Underground. Sonic. <laughs> they made a vow. Their mother will be found. The children grow. <laughs> Learn what's right. Leaders of the freedom fight. They seek their mother. She knows they do. Is it time? If only she knew. <laughs> Will the prophecy come true? I love you so much. <laughs> I, love, I love you so much. You're doing great, kid. <laughs> Sonic Underground. Sonic. <laughs> Sonic Underground. And then their mom is like, I long to see my children, but I have to wait. To act too soon would seal their fate. <laughs> they made a vow. Their mother will be found. Sonic Underground. Sonic Underground. Um, uh, Their mom is also voiced by, what is her name? You would know her voice if you heard it. It's so distinct. I, I, I know it for sure. Oh, God. Who is she? She voiced Cad Pig in the... Dalmatians cartoon. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, that voice she, is right there on the tip of my tongue. And she was the second voice of the lady from Ghostbusters. Huh. The real Ghostbusters. What is her? Oh. Cad, Cad Pig. I like how you're not like, I can't look up Sonic Underground Mom. I have to look up the pig from 100 <laughs> Dalmatians. It's, her name is Cad Pig. She's a dog. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's Calf Susie. Oh, okay. She's done a lot more prominent things than um, the ones that I mentioned, but I'm, I just am the way that I am. Hey, listen, we love you. Um, <laughs> you want to know the budget for the Kodoyoko live action sequel? Yes. If that's a hundred, that's a yeah, five point six million pounds. Oh my god, how many? Dollars yeah, I have no that? idea how many dollars that is. Seems like a lot. That sounds money. high because they're more, right? Right, I think they're more, so that feels very high. <laughs> that what? is seven million seven hundred seventy thousand four hundred six. 
dollars. Sweet buttery Jesus. That is seven point eight million dollars. That is how. Oh. So, I have a hunch why Moonscoop uh went bankrupt. Um, I can't fathom what that could possibly be. <laughs> I'm gonna guess it was sinking seven point eight million U.S. dollars into <laughs> a live action sequel. To what was a hit show, but had not aired at that point because the live action show came out in 2013. So it's been a minute. It was a while. That's a big gap. And a lot of the fans at that point, I feel like we all hit that in-between stage where we're like, I can't watch kid stuff. And you like look away from the camera, you know? Yeah. It's like, um, but also... They take a show that was like the biggest, the the biggest cash cow of a French export, mm-hmm. and then they purposely make a show that they don't have any intention of marketing internationally. Yeah. Like they never English um, dubbed it, or like it started showing up subbed after they went under. So, assumingly, that was a loose anime putting it on YouTube. Yeah, like it just feels very weird. You're going to spend that much money on a live action one, which like live action shows generally, like in America at least, we don't get like any like foreign live mm-hmm. action shows here mm-hmm. um the ones that we do get like power rangers have segments put in that are american right. segments um so it just feels very weird to spend that much money on something that's based on the biggest french export <laughs> and then like not have any intent to export it anywhere yeah it's really weird because it seems like and at the time like 2012 2013 like it wasn't as big a deal on netflix but at least like see if netflix wants to buy the season right to put it up on Netflix, yeah. and then it's like, eventually people will see it. Like anyone that's like rewatching Cody Loco on Netflix, it'll pop up. Like you, you sitting in your dorm room rewatching Cody Loco, and it's like, do you want to watch Evolution? You're like, never heard of that. Sure, <laughs> I have nothing else to like, do. Wait, there's me just being like, why is Otta baby? <laughs> what kind of hell dog is Kiwi supposed oh, to be? God, I didn't even look at Kiwi in the live action. Look at Kiwi, please. Yeah, what is okay? All right, give me a sec. Kiwi. Code Lyoko. Live action. What kind of hell dog is Kiwi supposed to be? Hmm. Load. I don't think he was in the live action. I don't think he is. I have no concept of what dog this is supposed to be. Look at Kiwi. Look up a picture yeah, of Kiwi. Yeah, Kiwi is like this? dog. Kiwi looks like a bull terrier almost, but is too small. You know who Kiwi looks like? Oh my god, what? Sunday. Oh. Kiwi looks like Sunday the McDonald's. He does. Dog. Also, I found a I stumbled into people's Cody Loco OC creators from DeviantArt. <gasps> yes. Um this is incredible. <laughs> 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 I, I need to let anyone who's like, oh fuck my DeviantArt. There's no judgment here. This is incredible. <laughs> um yeah, and I know Kodoka had a little bit of a bump when it came back up on Netflix because Netflix advertised it more because Netflix knows how to make money, basically. They're like, mm-hmm. this is old and hasn't been around for a while. People would be excited, like, period. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I listen, I don't like I liked Kodoka. I don't really go here, but I'm I will hold out hope for the fans that translated a fucking book for this franchise. <laughs> Like I hope they, I hope they get more. 
Uh, yeah, I I think now is the time. Um, Thomas Romain more or less hinted to that a lot in the interview. There are multiple times where he said they could reboot it if they wanted. Who knows what we'll see. Now could be the time. <laughs> um, maybe I'll get paid this time. Maybe. Listen, <laughs> dude's done big work. If you let yeah. him get to do what he wanted and see if Palumbo will work with him, maybe they could make something. Because she, really she clearly... Cool. Does, did not want to work with whoever you people were because she disappeared. She just vanished. Uh, I hate how common that is. Like, just women in the animation mm-hmm, industry just vanish. Mm-hmm. That's what I felt so bad about because I didn't want to be like, I had all this stuff on Thomas Romain because he's done a lot. And I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm sure, like, she's had interviews or, like, you know, I could find old stuff. Like, she's not active now, but here's what she did before. No. Like, she went, like, they were at a big Parisian visual arts school, so assumedly that's like what she thought she wanted to do and it sucks that it sounds like something happened which obviously isn't thomas's place to like tell her story but i i just hope she's mm-hmm. having a good life somewhere and i hope she got paid i hope she's getting checks yeah. from netflix at least because she worked on it for a long yeah. time like so. over a hundred episodes yeah that's a lot of work like to to that's a lot i can't of work. express like that'd be like if one day i stopped being on this podcast and never said anything about it because it's and that this is like not yeah. even close to as much work as she must have done yeah exactly like that's a hundred of anything in just like walking away one day and never taking an interview and never getting a call and seemingly probably paying someone to scrub you from the internet which is because like she had to have had a wiki before right that's like that that is like you pay someone to like scrub your name from being tagged and stuff. Yeah, so you just disappear. Um, but I I did not. So I was like, will I find stuff on Cody Loco? Oh, 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, a wild ride. Third highest no, ranking show, good. you say? <laughs> Biggest French fuck? export, you say? <laughs> Probably the only French cartoon I know. I. Very also, well. I found out just a lot of shows that were like French cartoons that I didn't know were French. Like what? The, like that first Sabrina show from 2003. Had no idea. Oh, yeah. Um, in my head, everything is like an American cartoon or a Japanese cartoon. Pretty much. Like we kind of forget that like Other animation <laughs> comes. Like you can animate things anywhere. Crazy. <laughs> like, wild um, concept there. But yeah, that's all I have on Kodoyoko. Yeah. That was awesome. A good topic. Yeah. I love Kodioko, truly. I really loved uh, their, like, anytime they went to the Oko Jamie's like, it's time to return to the past. Because <laughs> they went through fucking rewind time. I thought that was, I always thought that was, like, super cool. <laughs> I think it's really funny that, like, I did not mention the theme song at all, but I read the entire lyrics of the Sonic Underground. No, that's song. much more important. I <laughs> I know the name of the Lyoko theme is A World Without Danger. Yeah. Les Moms Sans Danger. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I noticed the opening and the ending was just like an instrumental of that. And then they got a new ending later because that's just like what shows do. But I know before it was just like that. I don't remember it. I just know that was the name. Oh, I'm going to put it in this episode because it like starts out with like these like violins that are like, do, 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 do. God, it's just like, it is so catchy. It's like, whoa, I'm getting, wow, listen to these fucking it's violins. Time. I'm getting so hyped right now. Yeah, it's time to return, return to, the, to past. the past. But thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't have an, a spiel. We don't have to say anything, do we? Um, I don't think. 
our 50th episode soon. You you just wait. <laughs> We're definitely prepared. I, we, <laughs> Don't you just, worry. You just wait. <laughs> just, just wait for it. <laughs> All right, bye. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Garay Negron, and you can find their music on Bandcamp at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was voiced by Cafe3G. You can find him under that handle on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is a part of the Nacellecast Podcast Network. You can find us at Nerd Mysteries on Twitter. The show is edited and produced every week by the amazing host Brenda. And as a reminder, please, please, please... If you're listening to Apple Podcasts, throw us a five-star review. Helps you show it a lot. Tell a friend about the show. And until next time, historians, see ya.